right, take your Bibles, open to the book of Micah, Micah chapter 2, Micah chapter number 2, and uh, while you're turning there, uh, of course, uh, if anybody has some free time and would like to do some work uh, around the church here, um, there's always going to be something to be done as long as we're still in the remodeled process and things, but we just got um, a lot more of the ceiling tiles that are going and replacing all the classes and things like that. And uh, so if you'd like to uh, come in sometime and help uh, replace some of those, uh, please let me know. Or if you want to do some painting or uh, um, whatever, I'm sure we can find something for you to do, right? And, uh, but uh, we appreciate all the, the folks that help and uh, give it their time. Uh, several of the classrooms are already done with the ceiling tile. Some of the men have come in and uh, put those in. Of course, we still have a lot more classrooms to do, and um, we're trying to trying to get the check in the the check in the nursery check in area. Kind of getting that. We're starting to work on that. We've got to put a door in, and then uh, of course ceiling tiles and stuff like that. So uh, things are moving along slowly, but uh, praise the Lord, things are getting done, and it's, it's exciting. And uh, of course, definitely be more exciting when we get over there in that room, right? That'll be great, and uh, so keep praying about that. I did have some good news today. Not, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, every time I talk to these contractors and things, it's like all bad news, you know, bad news. I had some good news today, so that was good, and uh, so I think they're going to be able to get uh, the lights in here pretty soon, and uh, then we'll be able to get the carpet going and stuff. So uh, that was very good. So uh, <clears throat> Micah, chapter number two, we're coming to the end of chapter two and looking in verse number. Uh, 13 and 14, as we were uh, kind of from, really from verses 5 on down to verse number 11, last week we looked at basically how Israel's attitude toward the messenger, the man of God, was basically, uh, preacher, we don't, we don't need you, right? We don't, we don't care what you have to say. We don't want to listen to you. Uh, we've got our own preachers that are telling us what we want to hear. And, uh, and of course, uh, God says that's not going to go over well. But then in verse number 12, he says, And I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. The breaker has come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by it. And their king shall pass before them and the Lord on the head of them. And so God has been uh, using Micah to give this message of uh, judgment that is coming. We began verse number two. He says, woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil. Um, and he's pronouncing this judgment and, uh, upon God's people. Uh, even the false prophets, as we saw uh, last week, would not be spared, though they were preaching that there would be peace, right? They were saying, oh, no, there's going to be peace. Don't listen to Micah. Don't listen to these, uh, to these prophets of God. Uh, we're going to have peace. And, and God says, even judgment would not be spared upon them, even though they were preaching this message of peace. But what about those who listen to the message? God's pronouncing judgment upon those that are in idolatry, those that are uh, going away from God. But what about those who listen to the message of Micah? What about those who listen to the message of Hosea? What about those who listen to the message of Joel? Because I think we can understand that it wasn't, it wasn't every single person that turned away from God. 
Now, as a whole, as a nation, as a whole, God says they have turned away from me. But obviously, Micah is preaching the, the truth, right? Hosea was preaching the truth. Amos was preaching the truth. Joel was preaching the truth, right? So there were some that were true to God. There were some that did turn from their wickedness and turn back to God. So what about those who turn from their sin back to God? I like what one man said. He said, consolation without true repentance brings false hope. Just as the false prophets were, were doing and crying peace, peace when there was no peace. They were trying to bring consolation, but yet there was no true repentance in the nation of Israel. But at the same time, conviction without hope creates hopelessness. And so you had this message that was being, being preached, and, and there were people that were listening to Micah's message. There were people that were listening to Hosea and Amos. They were listening to the message. And so they're saying, hey, Micah, you know, you're preaching this message of judgment upon the nation of Israel as a whole, but what about those who were true to God? What about those who turned back to God? You see, conviction without hope we have hopelessness. Why do I need to be convicted? Why do I need to turn back to God if there is no hope? And that's what we see here in these last two passages. There is hope for the remnant. Hope for the remnant. In verse number 12, it seems that Micah is speaking of a time when all of Israel, the entire nation, notice what he says, O Jacob, all of thee, right? He says, I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. So he's speaking of a time when, when the whole nation of Israel will be united in the land. And of course, when you jump down to the end of verse number 13, it says, and their king shall pass before them and the Lord on the head of them. So it seems like Micah is giving us a glimpse into something that is going to take place where all of Israel is going to be reunited as a whole. And they're going to be in a land where their king and the Lord would be their head. Of course, we know that this is referring and looking forward in time to what we would understand as the kingdom of heaven. Or what we would call the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ will establish his kingdom on the earth for 1,000 years and he'll be ruling there in Jerusalem... On his throne, the throne of David, Jesus Christ will be ruling. And so Micah makes this, gives us this glimpse of what is to come. The problem is, is that that time that Micah is speaking about isn't here yet. And so God says that, that he will deal with the remnant. That time when all of the nation of Israel is going to be brought back together. And that time when Jesus Christ will be their king and rule and reign on the earth. That time's not here yet. So what about those who have followed the Lord? What about the remnant? And God says he's going to deal with the remnant here. Throughout many of the prophets, we find the concept of the remnant of God's people. Though the nation as a whole did rebel against God, there would be those who were faithful, who would trust him and seek to do his will. These are what God refers to as the remnant. 
And again, when we think of remnant, we understand that this is, this is not a lot. The remnants are just something that is just kind of, it's a small handful. It's just kind of what we would say almost like the leftovers almost, right? Uh, if you could think about it, when, uh, when Jesus takes that five loaves of bread and, and two fish, and he begins to feed the multitudes, and he feeds over 5,000 people with this bread, this five loaves of bread and two fish, and, and they ate, and they ate, and they ate, and they ate until they were full, right? They didn't just eat a little morsel. They ate until they were full. And what the, then what the Bible says, they took up the fragments that remained. The fragments that remained, that's like that remnant that is there. And it's interesting how when you go through the different prophets, you see God speak of the remnant. In Isaiah chapter 1, in verses 7 through 9, he says, I, God speaking through Isaiah, your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire, your land, strangers devoured in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers, and the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. So he's talking about this judgment that God is bringing upon Israel. But then what does he say? Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. Except God kept a a remnant there. There were some that still followed God. And he says, if there wouldn't have been those, watch what would have happened. He says, we would, we should have been as Sodom and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. So this, this, the nation as a whole, they have rejected God. They've turned away from God, but God says, I'm still granting mercy. I'm still granting grace, not because of the nation of as a whole, but because of the remnant that is still there. Yes, judgment was going to come. But God says, even though judgment is going to be there, what would have happened is I would have wiped you off the face of the earth. But because of the remnant that is there, I'm going to show grace. I'm going to show mercy. In Isaiah chapter 10, verse number 20 and 21, and it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as are escaped of the house of Jacob shall no more again stay upon him that smote him, but shall stay upon the Lord, the Holy One of Israel in truth. The remnant shall return, even the the remnant of Jacob, unto the mighty God. God says there's going to be a remnant there. In Jeremiah chapter 23, in verses 1 through 3, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Sounds a little bit like what Micah is talking about, the false teachers of his day. You're crying, peace, peace. And Micah says, no, 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 God says judgment is coming. You're trying to say everything's going to be okay. And God says, no, no, everything's not going to be okay. Judgment is coming. He says that's what these, that's what these shepherds are doing, right? Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors, the shepherds that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock, driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord, and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whither I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds and they shall be fruitful increase. So again, God says, hey, there's going to be a remnant that's left. There's going to be a remnant there. And God says, I'm going to bring them back in Ezekiel chapter six, verse number eight. Yet will I leave a remnant that ye may have some that shall escape the sword among the nations when ye shall be scattered through the countries. God said, yes, judgment is going to come, but I'm going to leave a remnant. There's going to be some that are still going to follow. There's going to be some that are still going to trust me. 
Joel chapter 2, verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All of these prophets, and and, and you can go throughout the rest of the prophets as well, they speak so much of this remnant, this remnant, this remnant. Micah is saying, hey, God is bringing judgment. But God also says, I know that there are still those who believe. I know that there are still those who trust me. I know that there are still those who follow me. And it is because of you, God says. It's because of the remnant that I'm going to show grace. I'm going to show mercy. And I'm going to bring you back. Can I say tonight, the hope of any nation is the remnant. You understand that? Israel's hope was not the nation. It was the remnant. Now, we understand the hope is in Jesus Christ, but the only way that Israel was not completely destroyed was because of that small remnant that God said, hey, there's still some that believe. There's still some like Micah that are willing to stand up and preach the truth. There's still some like Amos and Hosea. There's still some that are willing to to take a stand for right. Can I say that that also is true of our country? I don't think it's any shock to anybody that we would say America is not a Christian country. (laughs) America is not a Christian country. There are Christians in America. Praise God for that. America is not a Christian country. So then why has God not wiped America off the face of the earth? Could it be the remnant that is remaining? Could it be that there are still those who are saying, Lord, we still want to follow you, and God, we still want to speak the truth, and God, we're still going to stand for right. Now, let me ask you that. Did, did, did the remnant stop the judgment from coming? No. You say, oh, if we just, if we just hold on, if we're just faithful, then we'll, we'll hold back God's judgment. <laughs> God's judgment's coming. The judgment's coming. But God said to those of you who are there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on something. Those of you that are, that are being faithful and those of you that are, that are, that are following, I'm going to let you in on something. Now, we understand, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. We understand there was a remnant that returned after the Babylonian captivity. There were some that returned after the captivity, but it never became the great nation that was prophesied. As we see here, the, all, of, all of Jacob gathering back together, it wasn't that. It was just a remnant that, that came back. And what's really interesting is I began to just, just ponder on these verses in verse number 12, verse number 13. I believe that you can see, as, as he's, we've already talked about, this, this idea of this future when Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign. But I believe when you look at what he's saying here, verse number 12 and 13, we get a glimpse into the tribulation and the millennial reign of Jesus Christ in these two verses. Now, again, we have to understand, Micah knows nothing about the church age. Micah knows nothing about uh, some of these things that we know about today because we, we, have, we have the whole book we can read. But in verses 12 and 13, Micah gives us a glimpse into what I believe he's speaking of, the tribulation and the millennial reign of Christ. Watch what he says here. God said that he's going to gather Israel back together. He says, I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. 
Do, do you know that even today Israel is not gathered together? Today, Israel is not gathered together, right? You know, there are approximately 16 million Jews in the world today. I was actually shocked by that number. 16 million. That's it. I mean, in America, America's, we have over 330 million people in our country. 16 million Jews. Do you know how many of them live in Israel? Not even half. Only 6.9 million Jews live in Israel. Do you know how many Jews live in America? Over 6 million. Almost a third of the Jewish population lives in America. There's 400, and again, Israel and America are the two largest nations, but listen to these other countries. In France, there's 446,000 Jews. In Canada, there's 394,000 Jews. In the UK, 292,000. In Argentina, 175,000. In Russia, 150,000. In Germany, 118,000. In Australia, 118,000. 16 other countries have between 10 and 100,000 Jews living in them. 37 others have less than 10,000 in them. There are Jews all over the world. They are scattered everywhere. Are they all back at Israel then? I mean, even in our day today, we understand that, you know, back in the, in, was it 1906? When did Israel become a nation? 19. 19- 48, thank you. In 1948, when Israel became a nation, we're like, oh, man, Israel's a nation now. No, wait. God said he's going to gather them all back. Even today, they're not all gathered back. I mean, think about Just think about the difference between. So I I, I was like, well, I'm curious now. If there's 6 million Jews in America, I wonder how many Americans are outside of the country. How many Americans live outside of the country? The most population of Americans living outside of the United States is Mexico. 800,000. 800,000. The next is Canada with 270,000. And then the UK at 170,000. Germany at 150. Australia at 100,000. So only five countries have more than 100,000 Americans living in them. There are over nine and plus 1,600 with almost close to 100,000 Jews living in them. They are all over. They have not been gathered back together. But what does the Bible tell us? God says that one day he's going to gather Israel back together, and that takes place when? At the beginning of the tribulation. Go back with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. Again, he says, I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. All of thee, I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. Not only to the remnant, but all of you, everybody, right? Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going the wrong direction. Ezekiel is not in the New Testament. Let me tell you that. Ezekiel chapter 37. Verse number one, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which is full of bones, caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there was very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. 
And he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are who? Are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Why? Because they're scattered everywhere. They're scattered everywhere. And they say, hey, we're, we're lost. We have no hope. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves. And by the way, the word graves there is referring to the countries that they are in. It's like their graves. And I will open unto you your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord whom, when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. God says, look, hey, let me tell you something. Ezekiel, you're, you're going to prophesy to this valley of dry bones, and this valley of dry bones is a picture of the house of Israel. And they're scattered all over the world all over the four parts of the world, but you're going to prophesy and what's going to happen one day, what's going to happen? They're going to rise up and they're all going to come back. The whole house of Israel is going to come back. Look, that still hasn't happened yet, but one day it will. This is what Micah is saying. One day he's saying the whole house of Israel. He says, oh, Jacob, all of thee is going to come back. That takes place at the beginning of the tribulation. And then notice what Micah says. He says, he'll gather them as the sheep of Basra. He said, I will surely assemble, O Jacob. We're back in Micah, verse, chapter 2, verse number 12. I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you back in Basra. He's going to gather them as the sheep and bring them to Basra. Again, God just doesn't say things to say things. And so I'm thinking, all right, well, if, if he's talking about Jacob and Israel being gathered back at the beginning of the tribulation here, what is this referring to if, if the, the sheep are going to be gathered to Basra as the flock in the midst of the fold? Basra was a place where many flocks would come because of the excellent pasture that was there. God said, I'm going to bring you back and I'm going, to, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to sustain you. And I believe this is a reference to God providing for Israel during the tribulation. During the tribulation time. Now, I want you to hold your place here in Micah. And I want you to go back to the book of Psalms. Again, we don't, God doesn't do anything without a reason. And I think tonight... Um, I'm going, to, I'm going to use a passage of Scripture that I think we misuse. In Psalms chapter 23, probably the most famous psalm of David is what? 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He feedeth me beside the still, he leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We say, oh, this is a great psalm of David. And the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And, and we claim this passage. And, and let me just say, this is a great chapter. It's a wonderful chapter, wonderful truths in it. But I believe when you look at what's taking place in chapter 22, and you look at what's taking place in chapter 23, and you look at what's taking place in chapter 24, this psalm has a specific time period in mind. The tribulation. What did we just read? Micah said, I'm going to bring it. God said, I'm going to bring you back to Basra. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. And what is he saying? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Can you, can you tell me any time that's going to be a darker time than the valley of the shadow of death and in the tribulation period? We think the valley of the shadow of death, oh, that's just the problems and difficulties that I'm going through. Huh. Friend, that's nothing compared to what's ha- going to happen during the tribulation period. You want to talk about the valley of the shadow of death, that's what Israel was going to experience. And God says, hey, I want you to know Israel. And by the way, again, remember, who we have to understand who is writing and who are they writing to? Psalms 23 is not written to the church. It's written to Israel, not the church. Now, again, it's a great psalm, and and we love it, and we can say, yes, we understand the Lord is our shepherd. He says in John, I am the good shepherd. I give my life for the sheep. We get that. But sometimes we can take a promise that wasn't to us and try to apply it to ourselves. He says, David says as he's writing to Israel, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Do you think about this? 16 million Jews in the world today. 16 million. That's it. Do you understand? That is point. of the world's population. 0.2% of the 8 billion people in the world today is Israel's population. 0.2%, not 2%.2%. What did he just say? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Guess what's going to happen during the tribulation time? The whole world is going to turn against Israel. Satan is going to turn against Israel. They, I mean, they are going to be after Israel. In fact, hold. Uh, I think we all understand Psalms 23. Go back to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. We have this, this analogy here that of the woman being Israel and she's going to bring forth a son. And then you have the, uh, this red dragon who is a picture of Satan waiting to devour the child in verse number five. And she, the, the woman, Israel, brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God into his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. What's happening? There, it, Satan is going to be after Israel. There's, there's a peace for three and a half years, but there really isn't peace because there's all kinds of wars going on. There's famine going on. There's no peace. 
But in three and a half years, what's going to happen? The Antichrist is going to, he's going to break his treaty with Israel, and man, all war is going to break loose. I mean, it's going, to be, it's going to be devastation. He comes after Israel. Watch in verse number 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast under the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. That's Israel. And to the woman, watch, were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into a place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. What is it? He's saying exactly what we just read in Psalms 23. I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies, even though the world is going to be against you. Hey, and you're only 0.2% of the world's population. God says, hey, let me tell you something. I got this. I got this. I know the devil's going to be after you. I know the Antichrist is going to be after you. The world is going to be after you. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you who your shepherd is. The Lord is my shepherd. Shall not want. You don't think that's going to mean something to Israel? You don't think that's going to be precious to them as they're running for their lives? In fact, Jesus says, hey, you better hope that this doesn't happen if you have a baby. You better hope that this doesn't happen if you're, if you're old or sick or something. Because when this comes, it's coming quick. This, this destruction, this, this uh, devastation that, that, that the Antichrist and the devil are going to bring, it's, it's, going to be a, a, it's going to be horrible. And he said, what's going to happen? They're going to flee to the mountains. They're going to run away. And God says, I'm going to protect them. In the presence of my enemies, thou preparest a table before me. God said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to watch over you. And so we find Micah saying, hey, listen, yes, there is going to be that, that Israel is all going to come back together. And, and there is going to be this tribulation that's going to take place. But God is going to take care of us just as he said, I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. Man, it's going to be an exciting time for Israel when they come back. Man, it's going to be rejoicing. Hey, they're coming back to their homeland, the, the promised land of God. It's not going to be good for a while. But then watch what he says. So in verse number 12, we kind of have the, the tribulation period. But in verse number 13, again, look, we've all read the book. We know what's going to happen, right? In verse number 13, he says, The breaker has come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by it. And their king shall pass before them and the Lord on the head of them. You know what he says? Hey, yes, Israel's going to be brought together. They're all going to be brought together. And God's going to take care of you, even though there's going to be some really rough times here. And again, Micah doesn't understand the tribulation time. He just knows that God's going to bring them all back together. And God's going to take care of them. He's going to take care of them as they would the sheep of Basra. He's going to provide pasture for them. But then he says, hey, let me tell you something that else is going to happen. The king is coming. The Messiah is going to come. Micah speaks of the Messiah as the one who would break down the door that confined the Jews throughout the world in various nations so that he would lead them into their land, right? The breaker has come up before them. They have broken up the the, the things that were holding Israel now, now destroyed and have passed through the gate and are gone out and their king shall pass before them and the Lord on the head of them. Again, he's talking about the Messiah coming. He's talking about Jesus Christ coming and he's going to lead them into their land. Again, go back, go back with me to Psalms 24. Right? We read, we read, we read, got a, red starts with an R, not a W, right? We wed, 
we read Psalms 23. Look at Psalms 24, though. Psalms 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. So there are those that are seeking God. There are those that are being faithful and true to God. Now watch, verse 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be lift up ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Listen, when does the king of glory come in? The king of glory doesn't come in at the beginning of the tribulation. The king of glory comes in at the end of the tribulation. He comes in and he sets up his kingdom here, right? Watch what he says. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Hey, let me tell you something. Jesus Christ doesn't come to battle when he comes to take the church at the beginning of the tribulation. Jesus Christ comes strong and mighty, ready to battle when he comes back at the the end of the tribulation to set up his kingdom on the earth lift up your heads O ye gates and even lift them up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in who is this king of glory the lord of hosts he is the king of glory wow you want to man so powerful he says hey let me tell you something hey there's going to be a time when you're going to need and you're going to run to god and say oh dear god i need you and and i need provision and that tribulation period time is going to be rough remnant you're still seeking god remnant you're still being faithful to god and yes it may seem difficult right now but hey don't forget the king is coming don't forget the king is coming don't forget that he's going to come with strength and might and power and there is nothing too great for him no no army no mighty no 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 enemy stronger than he is the lord strong and mighty ready to battle That's who's coming. That's who's going to come. Their king shall pass before them, Micah said, and the Lord on the head of them. Jesus Christ is going to lead the way. He's going to be the one leading. Look look back again in Revelation uh, chapter 19. This is just, it's just fascinating. As I was studying this, I was like, Micah's like putting all the pieces together and doesn't even know what he's putting together. He, he He didn't understand it all. And we get to look at it, we're like, this is it. Micah, Micah figured it out or God showed it to him, but he, he didn't have all the pieces there. In Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. What do we find in verse number 11? And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness. He doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen. Hey, let me tell you something. If you don't know how to ride a horse, you better learn quick. Because that's going to be you right there. That's you. He said, the armies are going to come with him. That's you and me. That's us. we're, We're there with him. And he says, we get to come. Now, let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? He doesn't need the armies. He doesn't need the armies. You know, you know, all we are, we're just cheerleaders. That's all we are. We're, we're, we're not going to do anything. He's going to be the one fighting. We don't have to do the fighting. He's going to do it for us. And out of his mouth goeth forth a sharp sword that, that with it, he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords 
Does that not sound similar to what we just read in Psalm chapter 24? Does that not sound a little bit what Mike is saying in chapter 2? Hey, let me tell you something. Hey, yes, it, it, their judgment is going to come because of the, 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 the choice of the nation, but God never forgets the remnant. He never forgets those who are being faithful. He never forgets those who are standing strong. And God said, hey, yes, I know judgment is coming and it's not what you want to hear, but let me tell you what you do want to hear. The king is coming. You stay faithful. You stay true. And one day Jesus Christ is going to, he's going to bust down those walls. He's going to break down those, those, uh, those enemies and he's going to come through the gate and the king is going to come strong in might and power. Man, this is what Mike is saying. He says, yes, look, woe unto them that devise iniquity and work evil. Judgment is going to be upon them. And yes, the, the, the Israel has said, hey, we don't want preachers of righteousness. We don't want preachers of truth. We don't want those kind of people. But he says, I know there's a remnant. God says, I know there's, there's some that are standing strong. I know there's some that are faithful. And he says to them, he said, let me, let me tell you a promise. One day, I'm going to gather all of Israel back together. All of Israel is going to come back together. And there's going to be some tribulation there because God's going to deal with Israel again. But I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to be right there with you through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. God says, I'm going to be right there with you. And guess what comes next? The king the king micah's first message of judgment aroused the opposition of the false prophets but it didn't change the heart of the people he preached a message of judgment and it didn't change the hearts did he stop preaching no we're going to see as we keep going through the book of Micah, <laughs> he kept preaching. He kept preaching truth. He kept preaching righteousness. He kept preaching judgment. But he also wanted to give another message to those that are looking around saying, God, what about me? I, I've chosen to follow you. God, I've chosen to be faithful to you. God, I haven't, I haven't followed into idolatry. I haven't, I haven't gone into this wickedness like the rest of them. God, I haven't rejected you. God, what about me? God says, let me give you a promise. Let me give you a little peek into what's going to happen. I'm going to bring you all back, and I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to come, and I'm going to establish my kingdom here on the earth. And we're going to rule and reign for a thousand years. Now, again, remember, who's he talking to? He's talking to Israel. Micah's giving this message to Israel. But can I tell you, we don't have to wait till the end of the tribulation for our king to come. Our king comes before, and he takes us out. Not, he doesn't have to do any, he's not fighting. He's already won the battle. He won the battle on the cross. He took our sin on the cross. That, that battle's already won. That battle's already taken care of. And so when he comes, he's just taking us out of here. He's just taking us home. You say, well, man, I, man, it doesn't just seem like the world's just getting worse and worse. Yeah, it is. And it's going to keep getting that way. Oh, yeah, there might, be, there might be ebbs and flows of good and things. And be like, oh, things are starting to look better. But it's still going to get worse. It's never going to be good. It's always going to be bad. You know why? Because we live in it. We live in a sin-sick world. It's always going to be bad. 
Well, then what about us? The king is coming. The king is coming. Be faithful. Stay faithful. Don't, don't, don't quit on God. Don't be like, well, you know, I just don't see any point to it. Oh, judgment's coming. Yeah, judgment's going to come. But God says, I know there's a remnant. And as long as there's that remnant, I'm going to show grace and I'm going to show mercy. You just keep being faithful. You just keep standing strong. You just keep speaking truth. Whether anybody listens or not, you just keep doing it. Because one day, the king's going to come. And he's going to take us home. Boy, what a day that's going to be. It may not look pretty right now, but we have something great to look forward to. Micah's saying, Israel, it may not look good right now. And it didn't. Babylon was going to come. Israel, the northern kingdom's already been taken. Southern kingdom's about to be taken. Didn't look good for Israel. But Micah said, hey, just keep looking to God. Just keep being faithful. The king is coming. He's coming. I wonder if their heads bowed and their eyes closed this evening.